Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 86. So we got a different one today. Uh, we got Anthony Carnes. Uh, I spell, I said that right. I didn't say the I in Carnes. Yep, um, yep you actually got it right for yeah, once. I know. Um, and he's <laughs> got job. a pretty interesting rig. Uh, so he's got a KJ. I don't know what, what year the KJ is, or like 2000-something. Mine's an 04. Okay, yeah. Uh, on one tons, caged... I've seen a few pictures of it. The thing looks pretty unique. I haven't seen any... I don't think I've... Re- I've seen a few KJs built, but not not many one-ton swaps where they keep the body... I mean, your body is, from what I understand, starting to go away, but uh, it's still kind of there. It looks like a KJ still. you got the, right. chop, the top chopped off and a bunch of tube work there, and it's just a really unique rig, and... Um, when you started talking to us and all that, it just, it, I think it stood out to all of us, which is why you're here. So I guess if we want to jump right in to talk about that thing, what made you want to build a Jeep Liberty? You do this every time, Graham. Tell well, us about yourself and tell us about the rig a little bit. <laughs> just fucking, just cutting the No, 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 we jumped right into the grill session. <laughs> tell us about yourself and tell us about the Jeep a little bit. All right, so, um... I'm from Pittsburgh, PA area, 20 years old. Um, yeah, I built a KJ for some reason. <laughs> um, what got you to that point, though? Like, why a KJ? So, pretty much I had it. I'm originally an XJ guy and started with my first XJ when I was 16. Slowly built it up and ended up on a 44.9. Ended up cut up into a buggy. If, uh, obviously, since you guys have seen a little bit of the progression of the Liberty, everything kind of starts to get cut up. Um, yeah, but, it happens um, when you wheel hard. Yeah, for sure. And, um, but yeah, pretty much the reason I started with KJ is it wasn't just another Wrangler, and I had it. I bought it for 900 bucks with a blown transfer case just for a beater. And, um, the more I dug into it for a beater, it needed the whole front suspension done, whole new exhaust system, and my $900 beater Jeep was going to cost me a couple grand, so I figured make something cool out of it. And um, I was actually, at that point, I was in the middle of building a Jeepster Commando. Oh, wow. I had, I had 5.3 sitting between the frame rails, widen the frame, suspension under it. I was doing leaf sprung front and back. And uh, had the tub back on it, and that was middle of March of last year. And I realized that if I kept up with the Jeepster, I wasn't going to wheel last year. And I wasn't happy with how anything was turning out with the suspension. How the just I wasn't happy with the build at all. So I decided to rip the one tons out of that and slap the KJ together. And from sitting there bone stock to wheeling, it was like six weeks. That's crazy, dude. I thought doing my one ton swap in a week or in a month and a half was cool. You took something that was IF IFS to solid front axle and one tons in the same time. That that's crazy. Yeah, and I decided after this one I'll never do I'll never try to mount a steering box to a unibody again that wasn't originally designed for it cuz that was the pain in the ass. <laughs> so well, yeah, might as well just hop right into that. What was the worst thing that you experienced trying to get the solid axle swap to happen? 
definitely the steering box. Um, I pretty much even over the track bar, really. No track bar. The track just burn the mountain. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd say for structure, like structuralness. I mean, Cherokees are always ripping them off the body because they just they're not structurally supported, and like up in front of the uh, stock mount position. So I'm kind of surprised. Well, when you plate everything with quarter inch, that helps. Um, <laughs> but I actually, so when I originally built it, I it was a really quick and dirty. Let's just slap a rig together. And um, it was right in the middle of a lot of shortages. I couldn't get DOM. I was lucky to get like half the Heim joints I wanted. So I ended up doing a bunch of mock-up with black pipe and, and then switched it to DOM after I talked it. And um, so there was a lot of trial and error. Let's just half-ass it and get it going. And it was a total headache trying to do the steering box. I had to, I cut off everything but the motor mounts of the original subframe, left the subframe, left part of the subframe there that the motor mounts was attached to, and then just basically plated the unibody, scabbed the steering box mount into it. Nothing was really, I wasn't happy with any of it, but I got it together and got it wheeling. And my fab skills weren't anywhere near where they are now. So, like I said, it was kind of half-assed together, but I made it work, and it got out there wheeling. And um, I ended up in the rebuild this spring. Everything firewall forward got cut off. Wow. I, and, I believe um, it. Sometimes it's easier to just start from scratch with that stuff. Hey, Exactly. That's what I decided. I could either screw around for two weeks trying to beef up something that wasn't right to begin with or just start over. So I did two by three, 188 wall from the C pillar forward. Okay. And okay. Um, I plan on doing a back half too, but I was only able to get one pair of coilovers. So I decided to save the back half for when I link the back with the coilovers, so it's just done once. Because steel's too expensive to cut shit off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that's like, it sounds like your progression was uh, honestly perfect, right? It's it's not about making a, you know, a, a show-ready rig. Just, just get it to the point where you can drive it and use it, and then, you know, fix things as you find them, right? It seems like exactly. that was exactly what you went about doing, and that's, uh, I think, I've heard it thrown around a few times. We've talked about it on the podcast before. It's a you know the famous David Freiberger quote: "The don't get it perfect, just getting running, just get it running." So exactly, uh, just that. You know, yeah, that is a hundred percent how version one was, and it was. I originally tried radius arm with coils with the black pipe, and. I tacoed that on the first test drive. <laughs> I stabbed the brake to test the brakes, and it just bent the lower link where the radius arm was. I knew it was a bad idea when I started it. But it's what but you had. You got to, you know, right? You never really know until you try it, it right? Was, yeah, it is all I could get because DOM was so scarce. And then luckily, I was able to find one metal yard that got some two inch quarter wall in. So then it ended up three link coils and. All I did for the coil mounts was 
it had two inch strut spacers on it when it was independent that were steel. Mm -hmm. I just welded a piece of pipe in the middle of them, and those are my upper coil buckets. Hmm. And like like I said, there was a lot of half ass just get it going kind of stuff, and um, it ended up with YJ springs in the back, sprung over, which it still has. They flex pretty good. Yeah, what's it, it got? It's got a rear. It's like a Y link in the back, right? It's a it's um, like a triangle. If I'm thinking of it correctly, it's got a big, like boomerang, yeah. uh, upper link, and the rears are independent or are separate. Yeah, so that's the upper out. link on the back. Originally, it was like a ball joint kind of thing at the yeah. axle, and then two bushings at the frame, but the bolts were vertical, not horizontal. So it huh. doesn't allow for any movement past stock geometry, and. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Wait, and the mount yeah, is actually mounted in a fashion that it can't droop out. Yeah, pretty that much. Doesn't seem like a very Jeep thing to do. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. KJ. Yeah, true. Yeah, which a WJ has the same setup. Okay. For the oh. upper link, and um, Iron Rock does make a kit that puts like a Johnny joint horizontal at the axle and flex joints vertical at the other side. To make so it like, work, yeah, but... It, it, yeah, they make it work a little better to fit a, hey, I want to lift my Liberty application, but yep. I obviously threw all that shit out. <laughs> yeah, it's just not... It doesn't seem like a great design. Interesting no, and, leafs in the back, though, uh, when you already had the coil spring in the rear. But I get it, right? It's it's not about... You're not reinventing that wheel there. You're just... Just put what you have in. Cherokees have leaf springs. You're a Cherokee guy. And it makes right. sense to bring it back to something you're familiar with versus dealing with that boomerang upper link thing. Well, and also the original name of the KJ was Spare Parts. It was built out of shit I had laying around. So I had a pair of YJ springs on the front of the Jeepster. They ended up in the back of the Liberty. And the YJ springs... I was able to mount the YJ spring right into the factory lower control arm mount on the Liberty. Huh. So it bolted in there. Bolt hole was right. All I had to do is do shackle mounts at the back and rear axle was in. That's really funny, actually, that you can just put that in the lower control arm mount. Wow. Yeah, and when I <laughs> when I realized that, I pulled the old lower control arm out and just had it sitting next to the leaf spring. I was like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> leaf spring went right in there bolt hole was the right size like well that just saved me a ton of work <laughs> and away we go <laughs> yeah, right exactly so do you That's still cool do you still have the factory motor in it or is it the uh do you put the 53 in or something um it's not the original motor but it is a 37 okay those things are terrible <laughs> yeah um, especially when you forget to turn your rad fan on and melt three pistons um <laughs> that's what happened to the original you know i knew there was a reason we had this guy on Are they... <laughs> sounds familiar <laughs> is it aluminum is the motor <laughs> yeah they're aluminum oh god they are an iron block aluminum head aluminum piston motor wow and um i was actually at wellsville and my buddy had blown a tire off the beat and started heading back up the one hill toward camp. And I had just gotten out of the Jeep. So I just jumped back in, started back up and take off after him. And by the time we got to the top of the hill, I didn't realize I forgot to turn my fan on until my rad blew. 
<laughs> and I thought it was just the pressure relief on the cap. Yeah, no, it was the whole side of the rad. But I couldn't see shit with all the plastic around it. So we got his tire fixed. And I was like, oh, well, let's just run back down to the creek. We'll throw some water in it and keep wheeling. And uh, by the time we got back down to the bottom, I realized it was the, the whole side of the rad was blown out. And the spot I was in, there was no way he was in a TJ buggy with an LS. There was no way it was going to pull the Liberty out. I had to get it back up the hill. So it was, I think it was on three cylinders by the time I got to the top of the hill knocking like a bitch. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. I saw the video of that thing uh, when you were, um, before you pulled the motor originally, that thing was yeah. around in there. <laughs> yeah, it was not happy. And um, that was also two evenings because I had blown that motor the weekend before we were going to Windrock. So in oh, I had one evening and right oh yeah. Trip. So I had one evening and pulling the old motor and one evening and getting the new one in, and then I went to Windrock that weekend. How much did those motors run? Actually, I've never even like looked to it buy was, one. It was like five hundred bucks. Actually, that's not bad. No, it, you know, I would absolutely love to have a V eight in it, but it was such a time crunch that I really had no choice. What's the uh, transmission and tranny behind the 3.7? Well, it was originally a 42RE, whatever automatic came in it. And when I did the ton swap, it kept limp moding in the second gear, which I didn't really get to drive it much before I did the tons. So I don't know if it was a transmission issue before the ton swap or if it was there were too many sensors missing. And wow. a friend a friend of mine had a parts sheet that he had bought for the body panels that had an NSG 370 six-speed in it. So um, it was an 06 Liberty. So I ended up buying that off him for 100 bucks for the, for the six-speed and manual swap. And the parts deep also had a 241J in it. So I'm running NSG 376 speed and 241J. Man, can't yes, beat that. A... It's a pretty good setup. I'm pretty happy with it. The only shitty part is the Liberty 241 has a slip yoke rear, and there's no way to do an SYE. But luckily, I have enough wheelbase that I just set up a 1410 slip yoke rear shaft and it's been good so wow i i didn't know how crazy it would have had like i understand that you would have had to do the swap because of the sensors are all and all that or different gearing too because it's kind of a soccer mom car no offense so well, no. so i guess you're not i don't know it's, never mind <laughs> yeah, it, it totally is a soccer mom car but <laughs> <laughs> hey it works i mean I think it's right. a really cool swap, especially like I've never seen one. Yours is the first one that I've seen fully done up. And it's really? funny. Cause, yeah, because I've always said like the joke of like, oh, if I win the lottery, I would love to uh, one ton swap a a uh, shit, an SRT Grand Cherokee. Figure that'd be yeah. fucking cool as hell. So when I saw yours, I'm like, 
damn, he's kind of got the same idea, but didn't have to spend 80000 on the like the original right. vehicle. That's sick. <laughs> so a friend of mine, Ethan, in Florida has a DRDWK. It's a, a three li- it's a three liter diesel, the same as the Sprinter van. Really? In a Grand Cherokee, and it's going on tons, 43 Sticky Mickeys, Atlas. Yeah, I've seen, uh, what was it? There was the 2.7 liter Liberties as well. I can't remember if it was the KLs or the KJs. The KJ uh, and a 2.8 CRD. That's and then what it du- was, 2.8. Du- yeah, then the WK had the 3.0 CRD. And a um, little engine. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know there, if I would want one in an off-road rig, though. Um, there's actually a Facebook friend of mine built a KJ CRD out in Colorado. It's on tons and coilovers, similar setup to mine. He loves it. I just don't know how well that engine would take to the abuse. Um, yeah, and I guess out in Colorado, too, it's not like he has to really beat on it like we do in the east coast mm-hmm. yeah like i just don't see those engines i also don't see like what is it the eco boost engines particularly liking when you go and you really get on them and let them sit on rev limiter right right we won't know to you try <laughs> for sure yeah i mean of all places at bantam jeep fest i had my jeep on rev limiter for like 30 seconds on the one climb. <laughs> and it survived. And, uh, oh yeah, it was fine. Wow. And um, all the mall crawler JKs on 35s were totally shocked when <laughs> it was like, it was a muddy hill climb that they had put boulders on. Everything at Bantam is like a man-made trail. Mm-hmm. And, um, when it rains, it's just a soup fest. And everyone in the group was like TJs, LJs, and a couple JKs on 35s. They just all winched this hill immediately. And um, I pulled up, tried to crawl it. Of course, that didn't work. Tried clutch dump first gear. That didn't work. So then I just went second gear, rev limiter clutch dump, and just held it there till it went. There you go. And what tires were you running at the time? Um, I'm running 39 KM3s. Really? And um, I absolutely love them until they get packed in mud, which that's pretty much every DOT that I've yeah. wheeled with. Yep, I agree. Yeah, they get to so, a point where you just have like it's you have to have wheel speed to clear them. So right. Yeah, but I'm pretty happy with them. Otherwise, when it's dry, they they grip really well on the rocks. Yeah, I haven't actually. Yeah. I don't think we see a lot of them around where we are. So I've wheeled with one guy, and it was snow wheeling. And to be honest, I really wasn't that impressed. Well, I don't think the no. BFGs are ever really known for their snow capability, but uh, yeah, I do know that the KM2s are one of those tires that has a special little place in my memory. They always ran small, but. They were a really, really decent tire. They did everything pretty good. Honestly. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. The KM3s, I don't know about because um, 
it looks like they made a general grabber like the OG with a more rounded lug, a little bit more spacing, and sipes. The which... biggest thing is the sipes, I think. Uh, just because they didn't have them on the KM2, I don't think, right? KM2 they 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 not really. Yeah. They weren't as big, or they weren't as much, um, they weren't siped as much. They were more like a BFG crawler than the uh, KM3s are. The KM3s are more like the KR3 sticky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my next set is either going to be 43SXs or 42-inch reds. That's really what I'm leaning toward. And then just... What are the 43 Mickeys? I have... I've ran with them a few times, and as far as a sticky goes, I still think an SX or a red is a little bit better. The SX is more for the sidewall than it being a sticky for me. Yeah. Just that's because um, I've seen so many Mickeys get cut. And um, they also seem to wear out really quick compared to others. They seem a little too soft for heavy rigs. They are very soft, and I will say that you have to run them with a little bit higher pressure. But from what I have seen out of them... There's a reason that they're really popular out here. They're almost as popular as the SXs. Yeah. But that's also Tennessee. That's not, you know, Pittsburgh. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. No, good. I'm not a big fan of the 42 Reds. I feel like they're, there's a point of diminishing returns on the amount of money that gets spent on them. And I feel. This is obviously personal opinion, but the SX offers more, in my mind, for a tire that size, because it runs true to size, and on top of that, you get a tough sidewall compared to getting barely bigger than a 40 at almost double the cost with 20-inch rims. Right. Well, in the 20s is the big thing holding me back from a 42-inch red, because... I can still get a 43SX with a 17. I'm still running Super Duty Steelies with spacers. So it's not like I've invested in beadlocks yet, but I don't want to be locked into a 20. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, we have we actually talked with him in the episode that will be out by the time you're listening to this one, 85. We talked yep. again with um, Chris Ayoshua, who is... Uh, what does he run for tires? He just runs the... Uh, uh, the fucking... Oh my SX god. Stickies. Thank you, jeez. Yeah, just the plain Jane sticky SXs with a uh, 20-inch rim. And honestly, if you looked at the rig, and obviously now that we've mentioned it, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's a 20. If you looked at the rig and were like, you know, you don't notice the rim size. The 42 right. and a 20-inch rim doesn't look out of place. It looks perfectly normal. Uh, he has the Yoda... Sidewall. He's a Yoda truggy. Used to be a Yoda truggy. We talk. You'll hear about it in '85. Um, okay. Which is we, we talk about his whole rebuild. He just did on that thing. They basically took all the Toyota out of it. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I think so. Part of the issue for me with the 20 inch, uh, I'm also poor, so you know, pay no mind to me. But like a set of trail readies, you're looking at 688 bucks for a 20 inch whereas the 
17s are 150 bucks cheaper and then it also op opens up more options because i'm seeing like trail ready um methods 750 a rim you're talking about spending almost the cost of the tire on just the rim right and, and uh, i'm not trust me I'm, I'm part of the i'm part of the pores group too i uh <laughs> like I said, I'm 20 years old. I'm a fourth-year electrician apprentice, so it, I'm definitely on balling on a budget. Congrats on that, though. That's a apprenticeships are awesome. I did a uh, tool and die apprenticeship, and it was one okay. of the best things I did. Yeah, um, I just can't wait to be done. I'm oh, at that yeah, point of I just want to pop out, make the good money, and actually be able to decide where I'm working. Because yeah. Be, you know, being an apprentice, it's go here, shut up, and like it. So, <laughs> yep. um, so you can buy like the Battleborns, and I know I'm gonna hear about this in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but you can pick up a set of gatekeepers for two fifty a rim and a seventeen. Right. So, like, that's if they when have any talk... stock. That's the big thing. Is Right now, they're like, they're selling like hotcakes. You can't get them. I mean, you can, but they're like on back order constantly and they're just being bought as soon as they're available. So they're a great, yeah, they're I'm, a great wheel, but you got to get a, you got to really want them, I guess. Honestly, yeah, I'm, I've had pretty good luck with just the DIY weld on beadlocks to Steelies. I've ran them a couple times and, you know, do a 17 by 8, throw some Gorilla Tape on the back bead, and they seem to hold just fine. And just for a strictly off-road option, I think that's what I might go with for now. Yeah, oh my and God. honestly, if you're trying to be like, you know, the super poor option is to just do those. I never had an issue, or that's not true. I have had issues when I ran the Steelies, the Super Duties, um, a couple times with them debeating. But most of the time, I could air those things down to, you know, 7 PSI or lower sometimes if I want to That's what I run. And I never really had issues with them popping off the bead at all. And I don't think that they weren't taped or anything crazy. It was just, you know, normal Super Duty Steely. And unless I, I mean, if I tried, I could get them to de-bead, right? Hydro right. sink into a rock, sure, it's going to pop off the rim. But, I mean, that's going to cause, you're going to break something doing that anyways if you're not paying attention right. so yeah i debated I'm... doing the uh sorry to cut you off i did the no, i was debating doing a rock ring just because my biggest issue was it the the outer lip would get so yeah. beat in that it just wouldn't you know it would, that would be what would cause it to de-bead as they're just the lip was bending in so I debated right. and I bought the rock rings to put on them, but I was a dumbass. I think I bought a 17 and the actual lip of that thing is like a 17 and a half or something. So it wasn't uh, going to sit ooh. upright. So that's also an option. Those were cheap. That was like maybe 130 bucks, I think, for those. Just burn them in and yeah, worry about that. Luckily, a good friend of mine has a plasma table with his business. So I can pretty much just give him the measurements and he'll cut me whatever I want. That helps so, yeah. So yeah, that's for even, sure. That's I mean, I still got to pay for it, but yeah, yeah. Still, <laughs> it's helped. It's definitely helpful to get custom stuff. 
yeah, that's one of those things that's invaluable if you have a friend or have one of yourself to just play around with. I'd love to get one just to like, just to play with, right? I don't know. Right. Just a lot of space. Yeah, for sure. It's not even on my radar for a long time. I'm working out of a 20 by 30 garage, so I do not have the floor space for that. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just big enough to work on one project at a time. That's all that matters, yep. 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 Agreed. So, tell us a little bit about Good Evening Ranch. I know that it's kind of a something that you've been poking at us to go down and hang out down there, and I know a few of us are considering going down there, so give us a little bit of insight. Yeah, so, like I said before we actually started recording, I only got to go down there to spectate the X-Rock event and hang out with some friends, so I didn't really get to check out the trails, but I got to see their playground area, all the amenities and things. They have a steakhouse, a bar, really badass cabins and everything i've seen of the wheeling is amazing so it's definitely worth checking out and i'll be going down there at the end of the month for my 21st birthday i got a group going so i'll um i'll be able to hit you guys up and let you know a little more after that yeah that's that's exciting i feel like that's a property that and maybe that's just because I haven't been paying attention and then the, it, the name popped up on my radar and now I'm seeing it everywhere, right? But right. I feel like that's sort of be, been growing in popularity. I could be totally wrong. Uh, well, it definitely is. It. I had just heard of it. I ran into a guy a couple years ago at Doe Valley OHV and he was from somewhere in West Virginia and he had told us about it. And I looked it up, but it was always the, our rigs weren't in that great a shape. Didn't want to tow it three and a half hours to just break it right off the trailer kind of a deal. And um, it's just, ever since we heard about it, we've just been hearing more and more and more. And I was finally able to make it for the X-Rock event. And it really is awesome. Hmm. And um, Great American Crawl was actually just there last weekend. Something like that. Last weekend, a couple weekends ago. Okay. And um, their vi- one of their videos is out if you guys want to check that out. Yeah, it was, that was my next question. Is, is that video out yet? I'll have to check that out. I was just looking at... This is a total tangent. Uh, I was just watching the Flex Rocks and Rollovers at, uh, at Mammoth Trail at AOAA. And uh, that looks kind of fun. Not going to lie. Yeah. I didn't get to watch Marvin's video on it yet, but I've seen some other content and it looks like a kick-ass time. Yeah, it definitely I, looks like one of those things where you're like you're spending a day on it, but it looks like fun and it looks like you know with tons and forties you can get through it no problem. Right. So, yeah. It it honestly looks like that could turn into a shit show of a weekend. If, oh, easily. Yeah. You, you could yeah. easily mess some stuff up, but at the same time, if you don't, that's a super cool trail to just like. It's very technical looking and uh, right, but at the same time, it seems almost like it's chunked up enough. And the trail or like the access trail, there's a one right there. So like, if something really goes bad, you can just bail off at any right. point if you needed to. Um, yeah, and it seems like unless you're there in a downpour, it's not like you're gonna have the mud on rocks kind of shit show that we're used to so yeah true because it's in that open field 
Right? Yeah. If you're in, if you're going in the summer or I mean, spring, may not be the best time for it. I don't know. We've had some good luck with Roush in the fall. So I say summer, fall, fall. You fall go there, is... you probably just get you're getting baked rocks. It's probably fairly grippy. Right. Roush That's what I figured. Insane. Like yeah. I don't think I'd bat an eye at running my KM threes on it as long as it's not a downpour. Yeah. And honestly, even if they were just wet and not muddy, I'd give it a shot. Worst case scenario, I got a winch. Yep. Yep. Also, really quick, sorry about that uh, dipping out for a second. It just started downpouring here, and my truck's windows were down, and my girlfriend's car's windows were down. We didn't even know, <laughs> didn't even know you. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, we didn't even know <laughs> yeah. you were gone. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. pretty exciting. I mean, it seems... I th I hope we're going there down in September. I hope we're gonna make a trip over to AOAA to check out that. Trail I know because... we've been wishy washy on that property for the longest time. I think the Mammoth Trail may have, you know, finally made it worth checking out, just because it that's like you can't get lost on that one, right? And I don't know, maybe maybe everybody's. I don't know. The only person who's bad mouthed is Chris. I guess everybody else hey. has said it's pretty decent. He said, I'm going to go there and have a great time. 35's locked. So, like, I'm going down there to have a damn good time. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe maybe we got to throw that on the radar then for um, this fall. Well, I believe the plan was to be the two days before, which would be good. Because if it's a pretty relaxed, uh, like, property, then it's good to have that before we go to Roush. But whatever. We can figure it out more as the time comes. Um, I'm probably only going to be able to, because of the vacation time requirements. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Just quit your job, and then have them rehire Just... you once you get back. Exactly. See? Um, if they need you that bad, they'll rehire you. Yeah, I'm sure. It'll go great. Um, <laughs> yeah, just remember, the request off is saying that you're not gonna fucking be there, so... <laughs> yeah, Duracell doesn't understand that. Um... But Perks of being union. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's your time, use it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... I, I go in on a Monday and I can say, hey, I'm not going to be here till like, next Tuesday. See ya. And, yeah, they can lay me off, but... Oh. Whatever. Oh, it's yeah. that kind of union. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That yeah, we're... Fun, yeah, it's pretty much... We can take any time we want as much as we want it's yeah awesome. it's gonna it could piss people off but whatever <laughs> well at least you have yeah. that luxury though i know that's a yeah. off topic and we can talk about a tiny bit but uh um, well, it kind of pertains to making plans for big trips right time off is important how do you right uh, how do you balance that though knowing that they could lay you off because there's another dude sitting at home with his three kids and you're like oh i'm gonna go fucking play with my jeep in the woods how do you balance that and find like do you just like well, that's none of their business first off you can do what you want no yeah. they 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 give a shit though the unions well, care about that shit. they're fucking you know, goofy. going to visit your baby mama and aop or <laughs> AOA and, right? you know, the kids are going rock crawling because you need them for the week or something <laughs> <laughs> funny enough I had, when we went to Windrock in October, so we're technically not supposed to take vacations during the school year. Mm -hmm. And um, I had just said, hey, my buddy's getting married while we're down there. So I'll see y'all when I get back. And like, at work, it's not that big of a deal. 
school, they give a shit. Yeah. So, I had to come up with a good excuse for school. Work, it's, hey, I'm going on vacation this week. All right, see you when you get back. It's not <laughs> that. It's not a big deal unless you want to go on a two-month leave. Yeah, oh, like, you know, at, at that point, you would just, they would just lay you off. Yeah. yeah. But, and, unless you get some dickhead foreman, they're not really layoff happy as long as you're a decent worker. So, mm-hmm. huh. And layoff is just part of our thing. We work ourselves out of work all the time. So, yeah. I got a I got a coworker who's in the carpenters union. He was, and I hear all those stories about that all day long. Um, but so now, now pretty much, if your buddy gets married and it's like a destination wedding, you're fucked. Like you can't go to that one now because you already used that excuse. Or no, you got more. From another buddy's yeah. getting married. You got a lot of friends. Right. There you go. Right. Yeah, it's someone's always. It doesn't married, really. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. In like that instance, I was only missing one class night, so my teacher was actually cool as hell and just moved class to a different night. That way, I could go. So, oh wow, that's fucking mint. Yeah, yeah. Like normally, as long as you're a decent guy, most of the time they're very accommodating. If you're a piece of shit, they're going to treat you like shit. But yeah, that, that's understandable. You get what you give. <laughs> yep. Yep. So now, is there anything that you expected to go pretty simply with your Jeep that has now been an absolute nightmare that we haven't already discussed? Um, I mean, I knew what I was getting into doing something that no one else does. So mm-hmm. every headache that's really popped up has just been a, oh, well, I'll deal with it. Like, <laughs> And it's a pretty simple recipe as far as the suspension and axles and everything and doing the two by three tube chassis basically has helped a lot of the headache. So it's really, I wanted wanted to ask you about that. The, uh, two by three is what you said for the tube work up front. How did you French all of that into the existing unibody? So on the, on the bottom of the unibody for the midsection that's straight, other than it dubbing, other than it, it narrows a little bit from C pillar to firewall, but it's still straight and flat on the whole bottom. And it has a pinch seam that hangs down an inch, inch and a half. So I actually, for the midsection, the two by three is welded to the bottom of the unibody with a bunch of fish plates and everything. And then I just 45'd up and then straightened back out for the kick up. And it's just fish plated like you would build a normal tube frame. That makes sense. Yeah, the only difference is the 2 by 3 is laying on its side instead of the 3 inch being vertical. Now, how did you tie your cage in? Is it off the kicker bars? Yeah, and it's off the both sides. Yeah, Makes the sense. cage, the cage is to the boat sides. The boat sides are to the two by three. And what'd you do so. for boat sides on it? Is two by six, like you do on a Cherokee, or was it different? No, I just did one and three quarter, one twenty wall. Okay. And then I'm gonna skin them in probably eighth, just because I have a shit ton of eighth sitting around. And I mean, the eighth stitch welded all the way around should be strong oh, enough. Yeah, more than enough. And you're not adding a ton yeah. of weight. 
No, that that's the thing. I don't want a heavy pig of a rig. I'm not being very weight conscious, but I'm not adding unnecessary weight. Because my first Cherokee was two by three. I mean, uh, two by six quarter wall for the rockers, mm-hmm. and just you know everything yeah. I used quarter inch plate Beefy, for the overbuilt. Yep. Yeah, way overbuilt for a Cherokee on thirty eights and a forty four and nine. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to fall into that trap. That's yeah, and especially especially I didn't really know what I was doing. I had a little bit of guidance from friends, but it was really just figuring it out as I went. That's the best way to do it. Especially yeah. working on like I don't know. The KJ is sort of like you sort of just at that point you need to have some prior experience, I feel. If you were to just like grab a KJ and hadn't built anything cookie cutter before, you can definitely still do it, but it'd take a lot longer. I feel like once you sort of know yeah. the basic recipe for how things go as far as suspension and and slider right. right, it all it flows a little easier in whatever. Yeah, and like. it and there was definitely a huge difference between when I first built the KJ and now. Um I've definitely upped my fabrication abilities in the last year, year and a half, and really started taking pride in everything I do instead of slapping something together and saying that'll work. So yeah, that's where cool the when you hit that that uh that switch flips. Yeah, it, it took me a bit too. Um, I mean, I've always had. Luke will grill me if I don't say that. I've always had some degree of pride, but right when you start having the right tooling and the right, and you've got some experience underneath you, it definitely helps. Um, yeah, what really helped for me is a good friend of mine. Um, he does a lot of like crazy custom show car work. Mm-hmm. Um, he's currently working for Hartfab, which does they do a lot of C10 like. C10 on air stuff with crazy horsepower. So a lot of bead rolled sheet metal work and things like that. So he is super attentive to detail. So he started to push me to be better. Mm -hmm. And that really helped, which I'll never be as meticulous as he is on stuff, but I'm also not building show cars. Yeah. I could spend 30 hours making something perfect and one tree will fuck it up. So (laughs) (laughs) the, the sheet metal work and the bead rolling stuff is, is uh, that's something I've always wanted to get into. And as soon as I have, uh, I I think more space is really what I, what I need to actually do that stuff properly. Cause sheet metals, the tooling for sheet metal takes up a lot of space. Uh, Yeah. uh, And it's definitely an art that, I probably won't master. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. I just when you like even just like the stupid little stuff I've done, like I did Luke's fenders, his inner fender. Uh like it's frustrating, but it's 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 got its own sort of charm to it and it's kinda cool when you see like you know how that stuff when you can form that to make it work how you want it to. And right. I've got a I'm in a similar boat. A buddy of mine is uh, used to work at a body shop. He's He's by no means a sheet metal artisan, but he knows more than I do. So it's kind of cool to like learn a couple of those techniques. And then I literally have the right. bead roller to do bead rolling stuff. I just don't have the space or, you know, generally the projects we work on, we don't have the time to throw 
right. a bead roll on. And I just got to, I have to just get sheet metal and put it on the bead roller and then show myself that it doesn't take forever to throw a divot in a chunk of steel and then I'll use it more. But right, right. Now it's, I just haven't done it. So I don't know how long it'll take. And you, you just, it's a whole factor that you have to consider as well. I'll get there, but yeah. And, and there's also the time of actually sitting down and playing with it and learning what you have to. Yeah. And it, I don't have the time for that, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> between work, trying to build stuff, keep stuff maintained. I have oh, a almost two. Yeah. Right. And I also have a almost two year old little girl. So, yeah. That takes up time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and you're always gonna come back to that Freiburger quote of it. Sometimes doesn't have to be perfect, and it just needs to work. Right. Well, that's, uh, that's the beauty of metal is you can always cut what you don't like out and redo it. Right. Yeah. I just hate doing that when DOM is ten dollars a foot. Yeah. Well, yep. it could be worse. It could be fifteen. That's what. <laughs> that's what I'm dealing with right now. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, around here it's plateaued around ten. So wow. yeah, That's you know, still not great. It still sucks. Yeah, it still. Uh, really I'll have fun. an update on uh, what it costs soon. I got to go and get stuff for for Sean's buggy, but I don't have anything to. I won't bring that up yet because I don't have anything to talk about with that yet. I'm still cutting things off. <laughs> but it's also really cool, you know, on the subject of being able to cut stuff off. As your plans change, um, it's very, very easy to design your progress around that. Um, there's a lot of stuff that, like, I'm looking at in the future with my rig that I want to do. And I never would have been comfortable with it because of how bad the ZJ was. But now that I know better people and I have more of a skill set myself, it's far easier to be willing to take on the project. Yeah, yeah and that's no, good. No, you go. No, um, and that that's kind of I'm looking at version three of the Liberty already of what I want to do, and it's going to turn honestly pretty much buggy with a little bit of sheet metal. Yeah. I still want to keep the I still want to keep the doors. I want to keep the windshield frame, and then obviously the front clip. But there's no point in trying to make the, the factory quarter panels work at all. I'm just going to do like eighth inch plate quarters, and um, just pretty much like I said, buggy that the doors are bolted to and shit. I I love how it looks right now, but there's a lot of things that I'm going to revisit. Yeah, so right now I'm on version 2, or probably actually, you know, a better description would be version 3, because the first version was like 3.5 inches of lift, 35, second version was tons, third version would be the stretch, four link. yeah, stretch, 4 link, all that. The next step is going to be the hydro, and um, probably beadlocks and stickies. But I'm looking past that, and version 4 revolves around cutting the nose off. And when the nose comes off, I'm tempted to cut the roof and cut the back up, like, back habit, basically. Um, 
but leave the cage where it is. Um, just cut the upper halo at the B pillar and build a fastback style like I originally wanted to do on my ZJ a while ago. But so it'll are you actually. Are you officially saying fuck it to being street legal? No, it'll still be street legal. Well, okay, yeah, I forget. Tennessee standards is totally different. Yeah, no, there's no fucks given. The only thing that matters is that I leave the... Uh, <laughs> what do you say? The only thing that really matters is that I have turn signals and brake lights and headlights that come on on a switch that's marked headlights. I coughed and said fuck off because I have to deal with <laughs> I think you're in the similar boat as us. It is ridiculous the amount of bullshit that we have to jump through to drive our Jeeps. It yeah, is ours is 100% tire coverage and all that stupid yeah. shit. I don't yeah. follow any of it. Mine's never going to have a sticker again. It's still plated and insured mainly for when I go out of state. But Agreed. <laughs> I, I am definitely, though, saying fuck it to driving it long distances. It's never going to do that again. Um, to work, you know, round town, cool, maybe the next city over, but it's never going to see a road trip from, like, you know, when I drove it up to Vermont and uh, back or when I was, like, using it as a daily drivable Jeep. It It's not going to see that anymore lame but i understand yeah but at the same time what comes with that is pretty sick uh, because when i do the nose i want to do the ls so i don't see a point in rebuilding the issues that i have in the front end of that jeep like the track bar is not happy and all of that stuff um i don't see a point to rebuilding that again and putting an ls on a stock unibody i also don't see the point in building motor mounts for a uh four liter you know if i've got nothing there why would you put a four liter back in i oh, know you're absolutely correct you could do a motor play and make it super super simple for an ls i wasn't even looking at a motor plate um rough stuff sells mounts that bolt into the gm factory mount locations and then I was just going to do a piece of DOM right to the frame rail with poly bushings. Mount the same thing at the transmission end and rock and roll. That's all I did for my motor when I did my front half. I just built a custom plate that bolted into the factory motor mount location and piece of DOM poly bushing at the frame with some tabs. Yeah. And I still have to do my tranny mount because um, I didn't want to do it yet until the doubler's in. Because I plan on doing two cross members and supporting the doubler, full belly pan, things like that. And um, that will be happening before my trip to Good Evening Ranch. What are you doing for the doubler? Uh, the DIY 231 and, you know, the cut 231 range box, and then I'm going to put my 241J behind it. Okay. And I didn't yeah. want to... I have a 231 with an SYE sitting there, but I'm not going to do a 231 when I have the 241 that has six-gear planetary, bigger chain. Yeah. Oh, it's just stupid to do the 231 behind it. So, I I might have spaced out and my mind's not uh, perfectly in tune, but have do you have a slip yoke on the 241J? 
No, I don't, but I still have enough uh, wheelbase and driveline length that I can run it single U-joint with a slip yoke, and it'll be all right, even with the doubler. Well, the My reason that I was bringing that up is I'm pretty sure you're not going to care about your speedometer working anymore. It never, uh, it hasn't. My speedometer was on the rear diff. It had a speed sensor on the rear diff originally. Instead of looking at a JK241, because it's got a thicker casting in a couple of spots, and they are SYE from the factory, and I've seen them go right. for as cheap as 150 bucks. I've actually been hunting for one, and nowhere around me has one. Huh. I've I've called every junkyard within like twenty to thirty miles from me. I'm on a bunch of waiting lists. I have a bunch of people looking for me, and um, I'm actually pissed since I'm on vacation. I just missed out on a Ruby two forty one for five hundred bucks. Wow, what? If, if he lives two, the guy selling it lives two miles from me, but I'm in Virginia on vacation and couldn't go get it. What? I was so mad. Because that would have been the a really kick-ass setup. Yeah. Which, my crawl ratio, the NSG 376 speed has a 4.49 to 1 first. Mm -hmm. That's pretty nice. So, with the, with the 231, 241 setup, my crawl ratio is going to be 172 to 1 with 538. It's wow. going to be stupid. That's pretty crazy. Um... Yeah, that's actually really. What's the really? AX15 and NV3550? They're um, like a 3.8. Yeah, it's 3.83 okay. for the AX15. Um, yeah, that's low. That's that's kind of interesting. I wonder if that's just because the motor's gutless, so they needed a lower first gear. <laughs> well, um, I think it's just because they had the six. Yeah, you know, the six speed was available, so yeah, it's the same six speed as the JK. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't know so, any of the newer transmissions in the newer Jeeps. So this is all learning for me. Right. <laughs> when I'm looking at doing the LS, I was looking at doing the NV4500 to kind of skirt the doubler for a little while. Because that's got the 6.5 to 1 first. So... Oh, do they six, really? Yeah. Huh. In the uh, Chevy or the Dodge? Um, I know there's different... Chevy. The Chevy, uh, some of the earlier ones had the 6.5. I'm not sure what the later ones had. I think it goes to a 589. Um, but with the 6.5 to 1 first, that puts you at a 98 to 1 crawl ratio, which is pretty manageable. Yeah, currently mine is 65 to 1. Single case, 538s with the NSG. And for about 95% of the wheeling I do, it's great. The only time I don't like it is technical rocks. Mm -hmm. When, like, just in a rock garden, it gets pretty lurchy. Yeah, you got to feather the just, clutch to keep it under yeah, control. All that crap. You're constantly on the clutch. But I'm pretty happy with it. Otherwise, even single case, it does really well. Yeah, my crawl ratio, I just did the math, is 56.5. So is that one an auto? No, it's with a manual. Okay. 
You'll yeah, love the, the doubler, by the way. If if that's your biggest complaint is the slow speed stuff and it's jumping around on you, yeah, it's just a it's a game changer. I love. Well, that. and that's honestly, I wanted to get it in right off the bat, but my goal was Bantam Jeep Fest, so my drive shafts were already well. My rear drive shaft was already done. I had to lengthen my front because I stretched the front a little more, mm-hmm. but I just didn't want to rush it and then not have it together for Bantam because I was 350 bucks into that weekend before it started. So <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do to make it right. Which it ended up working out for me. I ended up hanging out with Andrew Bailey and Marvin for most of the weekend. Nice. They saw, cool. Yeah, Who's they that? saw the look. They saw the Liberty and they were all over it and ended up at BFG's campsite hanging out with all them guys and it was a good Flex time. Rocks and rollovers is who that is, Cody. Thank you. I'm yeah. clueless, so <laughs> yeah, Marvin is the uh the main camera guy behind and I think the owner of Flex Rocks and Rollovers yeah. positive. I'll have to ask Jeremy. Yeah, Marvin's Marvin's the owner of it, then Andrew, I don't really know what all Andrew does. I know he's one of the marketing guys for HP Tuners. Oh, but shit. He's, he's always involved. I was actually just talking to Andrew earlier today about some of my buddy's LS issues. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of cool to uh, just, I guess, be able to talk to those dudes. I don't even know how to. Yeah, it. it's fucking cool. Yeah, it was super awesome, and I know I know for sure that if I didn't build Liberty, I wouldn't be making these connections. Yeah, because so, it's, just a, it's a weird, oddball thing to build. Right, exactly. And um, <laughs> I've actually just, life has been a little overwhelming lately, and I've thought about stepping back from the industry, just from wheeling for a minute, and just kind of get some shit right, and honestly, I don't think I can. <laughs> just, it's addictive. Hey, yeah. Yeah, and just I I can't bring myself to sell the Liberty or anything. So it's just I'll just keep rolling with it. <laughs> so one of the things that I learned um is sometimes it's better to keep the rig and just take a step back. I Yeah. I spent the last season kind of on my step back with my move and with all of that. And now I'm trying to get back to where I was before. And it's a lot easier when you, you know, still have the rig and it feels like you're stepping back into something that you know, compared to redoing all the work again. Yeah. And honestly, this is the first time that since I've started wheeling, that I have a rig that I'm a hundred percent. Obviously there's always shit that you want to do, but I'm really happy with where it's at. It works really well. And I'm proud of it where I've been playing the constant game of buy, sell, build, buy, sell, buy, build, sell, buy, build, sell. And like my first charity, I had it for three years but the first year and a half to almost two years of that was three inch 31s open, open on all terrains and just trail riding, doing Jeeple stuff. Cause <laughs> I was, I was in high school. I couldn't afford to do anything else. And, um, 
then as soon as I started getting some money and got out of high school, I did the 44 and nine 35 MTRs. And, um, I'd also fallen in with the group I normally wheel with, which is, well, at this point we're all tons, forties, most of the guys are LSs. And, um, but that really pushed me to go from Dana 30 and an eight and a quarter to something a little bigger. And, um, that rig ended up the cut up buggy that I wasn't happy with at all. I'd actually built that buggy out of, uh, poop pipe and it was, <laughs> poop it, was a it was a disaster. I wheeled it <laughs> once and I wheeled it once. And on the first ledge of the first night of the trip, I spit the uh, helical gears out of a Detroit True Track through the Dana Forty Four cover. Oh, and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and um, so then after that trip, it came home through new gears and a spool in the Dana Forty Four, and it went down the road. And I bought a Comanche on second gen Dodge Tons and forty four nineteen fifty pit bulls. <laughs> and um it was just like a hacked together redneck fab kind of rig and it worked good but it wasn't really what i wanted so and also i had had my daughter right after getting the comanche and i realized i missed having something that was streetable ish and i needed a back seat it's a brand so, new uh, mom car yeah, pretty much well Really roundabout way, yes. Um, well, you I really, ended you up sell a Liberty to the wife. You can't really sell a MJ on forty fours. That's a lot harder to sell. You'd be like, okay, we're getting, yeah. rid of, you know, it's a long game here. Uh, buy the stock right. KJ, build the stock KJ. If you build it slow enough, she won't notice that it's any different. <laughs> <laughs> We can't hear you at all. You got really quiet there. (laughs) Sorry. Um, My girlfriend is very supportive of everything. I kind of take advantage of it sometimes, spending way too much time in the garage. But um, (laughs) she's pretty much, it's your money. Do what you want. It's what you're into. And um, so that helps. And after after the Comanche, I traded it off for a K20 Chevy. And because as a full, I was thinking, oh, it's a full size. I can at least fit a car seat in the middle and, um, was going to start building that, got rid of that, bought a Jeepster commando and then had the Jeepster half built. And then that's where the Liberty came in because the Jeepster, I wasn't happy with any of it. So, and, uh, I don't, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or before it. The, the I can't Jeepster. remember the Jeepster. We touched on it in the beginning of the podcast, but we didn't really okay. go too deep into it. I guess what's the backstory on that thing? You don't see Jeepsters a lot, so that's kind of a interesting thing to just have sitting around and to not be happy with. Right. So, I mean, I I can long get, story short, I can understand why you might not be happy with uh work you've done to it, right? Because that's one of those things. I feel like if I had something like that. I would want it to be fairly nice, and if I yeah. wasn't happy with something, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't even 
it, it's got to be demotivating, right? If it's just not exactly what you want on something that exactly or unique. And that's exactly what happened with it. And I actually still have the tub and everything. I still, I still have the body. I had widened and kind of shit fab the frame a little bit, trying to fit an LS in it and leaf springs and all this shit. So I ended up scrapping the frame. That's going to be a, when I have time and money to make it nice and do it a hundred percent right mm-hmm. kind of a rig. That's going to be 14 bolts, trailing arm rear, um, coilovers or ORIs and a build LS. That's like a five year out project, but that's something I'm definitely going to get into at some point. Yeah. You want that to be nice to be sort of bling. I want it to be as much of a hot rod as a rock. Rod. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's um, cool. So do you have yeah, just so, the tub, or is it like, is there like a wheel and other things, or is it like just the tub? Um, I have the steering column. I have the dash. I cut the dash out, but I cut it like as a unit, cut it out. So that's okay. actually on the wall of my garage because like the gauge cluster is super cool. The original radio is super cool, but I pretty much at this point, I sold the original drivetrain out of it to a guy trying to build an all original one. Yep. And, um, it was the V six turbo 400 Dana 20. And, um, okay. But I sold, is that a flathead V six? Trying to think what, I don't even, um, it was like the dauntless V six or something. It rings a bell. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Some, what is that? The, uh, the 225 v6 with the something like that 225 or maybe a 230 something i don't remember exactly what it was but it's the um, uh the buick um and they yeah. had a really weird firing ratio the odd fire yeah yeah um so a good friend of mine's uh has a 48 cj2a that he swapped one of those into they were that motor was a really popular swap for flat fenders. I found out afterward. Huh. Yeah, it is. Um, that thing flies too. It's like a <laughs> go kart. Really? Yeah. With all yeah. 180 horsepower. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's something I would. The year in the V6, yeah, I guess. Sure. Realistically, 180. Yeah. That's more than I, I mean. Expected. I'm just. I was thinking like. like 120. It might even be 120, but it's in a <laughs> CJ2A on... Um, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's that small. And right. then he put in Wagoneer uh, Narrow Track 44s. So That has to be a pretty cool little rig. It is. He's got, like, the old-school OG roll bar in it on 35 KM2s, and he just kind of takes it around and, like, goes down fire roads and stuff with it, but it's right. repainted in that, like, um, a shade darker than the old 50s green color. Okay. And it's it's a sick little rig. Yeah, that sounds pretty rad. I've always wanted to get a flat fender and build it, but it would turn into, like, PJ thick length, and I have a really fucked up idea on how to build one in my head that involves stretching the hell out of the tub and <laughs> yeah. doing a bunch of crazy work to it. 
I saw good. one that was really cool that I liked a lot, and it was a flat fender that they chopped the back of the tub because it had been like in an accident or something. Okay. And then they put it on toy axles with four links front and rear with an EcoTech in it. That's pretty rad. The thing was rowdy, like 100-inch wheelbase on a 2A with... Uh, um, yeah. You know, it seemed like it would get down. I you didn't did. get to see the completion of it, but... There's a guy in New England. I think he's friends with Jeremy. I don't remember his name. Uh, he's got like a... It's yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one you're talking it's about. He's so cool. Jeremy's it's, buddy. Yeah. It's a really... It's a stupid simple rig, rig. He kept the leaf springs in the thing. I don't remember the axles, but I think it's... I don't know if they're one tons or not. They're eight it's lug eight at the lug. very least. Yeah, I know it's eight lug. He uses eight lug trailer tires on the thing. And the tires are... I mean, it's not an incredibly uh, large tire. It's... For that thing, I think it's perfectly sized. It's a small little buggy thing with a inch and a half dom cage on it. Really, you know, really basic but well-designed setup. He's got, um, uh, like, quarter-inch body armor in places where it matters. And it's light and narrow and short wheelbase... And he goes up stuff. The one time I wheeled with him, he was going up stuff that other people were, you know, in a in a traditional style buggy were having issues with. But obviously, with a with a totally different form factor of a tiny little willies with little tires and a different track width than everybody else, it was like it was sort of like watching a samurai. But it was very low center gravity, um, still leaf sprung, but it looked like it rode pretty well. Just Really cool rigs. That thing was uh, just yeah. If I remember at. right, I think he's running um, the thirty-six by like eleven five um, swampers on that. Yeah, I, I wanted to say thirty-fives or thirty-sevens. That makes sense. But it's just a little like the rig almost looks cute, but it's badass. Yeah, no, it works. <laughs> it looks like something you'd see like at a show, but it actually like gets down. And I don't think he's afraid to drive it uh, hard. He's he's a pretty, from what I understand, he's a pretty hardcore uh, off-roader. He's I think he started one of the clubs. I don't remember the name. He'd be a cool guy to have on, actually. To ask Jeremy about that, I was just talking to him the other day. Cool dude, also. Yeah. I don't think I've ever even seen this guy's rig because I feel like I'd definitely recognize You'd remember it. it. So yeah, yeah. It's like a yellow and red CJ, I think, 3. Uh, I might be wrong. Yeah, I think I'll it's a 3. But, super cool dude. Um, he was over at Jeremy's one... T I want to say he was at Jeremy's one of the times I was over there, and we played darts for a little while and talked Jeep shit. Oh, so, time. But yeah, yeah, anyways. Willys, small Jeeps. Everybody should have one. It's uh, They're great cars, but... Um, that was quite the tangent it right really there. really was. Uh, <laughs> so now I get to ask my question. I think this is actually going to be really beneficial because it seems like you've had quite a few different Jeeps that or vehicles that you've built, bought, then sold. So what is your favorite tire and what's your most hated tire? Was DOT, that better? right? Yeah, no. DOT. Graham, was that better phrasing or no? Do you still it fucking hate exactly it? It was exactly the same. 
God, can you, you grill me fucking... in my intros? I'll grill you in your question. <laughs> no, just your pronunciation of the people's uh, last names. Introduce <laughs> <laughs> the co-host. <laughs> oh man, we're chopped yeah, liver. God damn it! Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh yeah. Also, I guess we're we're an hour in, but Richie couldn't make it today. I know sometimes it's hard to tell. Poor Richie. But uh, yeah. So it's just me, Cody. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's an hour in. I just introduced the. Uh, co-hosts here but yeah that's oh, great shit. <laughs> um oh shit well as far as actually wheeling the only tires i've wheeled with are my cam3s those 44 pit bulls and the 35 mtrs but they were like quarter tread when i had them out so of everything like i perfect yeah according to colin <laughs> um i'm really happy with my km3s it's def those are definitely up there on the list for dot um that obviously paths suck um, yep agreed <laughs> never ran them but fuck those tires um but yeah i mean for my favorite probably my km3s um the pit bulls were great just because of their size being a 44 that Comanche just walked everything, but I think it was more the size of the tire than the actual model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just had such a large contact patch that it was just working. Yeah, just and over the holes, right? There's no the rocks aren't there when they're too small. Right, <laughs> I had them at like three psi. They were just total meatballs, <laughs> and they weren't great. But um, but yeah, I'd probably say my KM threes, especially for a DOT tire. And honestly, for like when I originally built the Liberty, the goal was a kind of an ultimate adventure inspired rig where drive it to the trail, drive it home, good road manners. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. those tires fit that bill really good. Like, that's probably one of the best tires for that that I've found. Um, I've heard good things about a lot of others, but I don't have any personal experience with them so yeah, and bfg is a pretty you know big name in road tires as well i yeah i feel like they can they can do that fairly well except for the uh ko2s they don't do shit in rain or snow yeah i that actually i ran ko2s on my first xj when it was three inch and 31s and they suck and i didn't get any life out of them i think i got fourteen thousand out of them and wow. they were done and when they have tread, but as soon as they start getting low, it's just you're like slipping on maybe not dry. Oh no, I str I slipped them on dry pavement. I Tokyo drifted the GMC one time. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't that was not expected. I wasn't trying to. It just did it. <laughs> so it's uh yeah they're they're okay tires, but definitely not the best all terrain. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um. A buddy of mine runs. Ah, uh, shit. They're an XT. I forget what exactly, what brand they are. That's gonna bug me. But they're like, I'm not gonna say that the tread pattern's similar to a Pat, but it's it's similar in the fact of it's the lugs are closer together in the center and then farther apart on the outside, and um. 
I'm interested to see how they do as they wear down on his on his truck because he seems to really like them. He said they did great in the winter, but they also do pretty good in mud for a tow rig. Wow. Um, what what tire was that? I'm sorry, I totally. Uh, I'm trying to find it. It's gonna piss me off. I'm pulling up custom offsets right now to try to find it. Is it the Mickey Thompson ATs that look like MTs? Mm, no, it's one of the lesser like. It's not a Turo, but it's one of those kind of brands. Oh like, no! It's, <laughs> and it's an XT. I did see that a Turo did release the. Um... The knife tires. Yeah, they released the knife tires, tires, but they released them with uh, a sticky knife tires. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to shit on those stupid things, but honestly, Mark's rig, I've never seen them. I don't think the tires have ever denied him, even with that goofy tread pattern. (laughs) But do we think it's his suspension allowing. Oh, his suspension definitely helps those tires do that. Okay. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say. Those, those stupid things. I I don't even think I'm, I don't who, think even, who decided that a knife was a good thing to use as a tread uh well, lug. Think of think of the fingers in a super swamper. No, Maybe it's not that... the same though. It literally just looks like a like a machete. It's just like let's you know what would be cool? Machetes is lugs. Slicing <laughs> through. Uh, Honestly, that sounds like a, a marketing tire. guy. They're like, what's badass? They probably just Knives. didn't know what to do. We're like, you know what? We're not going to take this right. seriously. And uh, it it sort of works. I guess we'll... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I yeah. don't know if I'd ever run them, but they're funny. So the tires he's running are the Trailblade XTs from Aturo. And um, they actually look like a normal not quite a mud terrain kind of tire and he's very no no knives on these ones that's you know i i don't know if they warrant the trailblade name not having knives i feel like that's required they kind of have like they kind of have like the fake side biters like a ko2 does and they kind of look like spear points so maybe they count as a knife um (laughs) i just sent a picture so you can look at at them now uh that works too. Yeah, that, those actually, almost look like a KR three style it's, looking thing. It does. It's got more lugs though. It actually, it looks kind of cool. I don't know. How I hate it. it is. I was gonna say I don't think those. I gonna like them. It's I like, like a weird mix of like a KR three and a BFG KM three. Like, yeah. With like, but they but they got twisted in the mold and shoved together a little. <laughs> Like, but like the siping is just like a KM3, and then the center little nipple dots are like a KR3. That's yeah, weird. They really missed out on a chance to make those side lugs into like blades of some kind, right? I know. Yeah. Not even like the little indent. It looks like a little flag. They could have done cool little knives or something. Yeah. Wait, maybe the sidewall. The sidewall kind of looks like knives. I wonder if that's what I said. It kind of looks like spears. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. I don't think anybody heard me. I, I just said uh, maybe a Turo will sponsor us if we talk up the knife tires. No. We definitely know Milestar won't. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I think we bashed those guys enough that they ain't coming back if they ever were think- thinking about it. <laughs> I don't think they ever were. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I um... keep seeing people like talk, and I don't know, I guess there's like a second revision of the Milestars that yeah. came out that supposed to be better. 
because the first gen sidewalls were junk. And I love how people will still talk them up, even though they've got like like the sidewalls are notoriously bad. And they're like, yeah, the sidewall sucked, but like uh, still gripped. It's like, well, no, it doesn't grip. First off, that's great. The sidewalls suck. So yeah. right, that's great if you're in Moab, but anywhere with jagged rocks, like I would not run a, I would not want to run a pat in like Johnson Valley even. Just Whoa. as soon as you get into any kind of sharp rock, no thanks. Not even that though. Like we're to- forget the sidewalls being bad. You can't get into a place where the sidewalls being bad actually matters when you're getting outwheeled by an XJ on. 36 irocs and 35 generals like that was a real big blow to my ego that don't hurt. even get me started about i can't <laughs> you know actually let's do that because i actually think the irocs are a pretty damn okay tire i i fucking hate this thing <laughs> i definitely did not enjoy mine they have and a special I, place in my heart. The unkillable IROC spare. Uh, I, I really wish I had a 39 to pair with my, my new tires. Because that thing, you know, you you popped a tire, IROC would go on, the IROC didn't give a fuck. And the other okay. tires, you know, they did all, I the, will, all the gripping. The IROC, I could smash that thing on rocks going 20, and it would just be like, bloop. It would just take the, take the shock load, be fine, wouldn't pop. You know, it was great. <laughs> I can agree that an IROC is a perfect spare tire simply yeah. just because then you never have to worry about it as long as it's over <laughs> like 7 PSI. No, because I, I don't think I ever aired that thing down. It was probably at 30. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I don't. I never noticed it not hooking up when the other ones were, right? It sort of just followed the leader, I guess. It wasn't, it wasn't dragging me down. I have only ever personally seen one rig that did awesome on them and it was my buddy had what we called the skunk ape tj it was a back half tj leaf sprung rear with an 88 and a low pinion 30 with chromos and it was on 37 15 50 15 irox he bought the rig for like 2500 bucks three grand hmm. just as a holdover rig while he was rebuilding his and that thing was a total hero. Anything he pointed it at, it just went. <laughs> and we have no explanation for it. It was a lunchbox locker in the front, limited slip rear. But it outwheeled $30,000 buggies. What? Well, I think the biggest thing with so- Irox is, is those stupid tires last so long. It all depends on how new they are, <laughs> right? When no, got- they're all old. They're at this point. There's no new Irox. Okay. Yeah. They probably just out of them right now. Yeah, for from fucking one, nineteen ninety seven. No, like buying a set of competitions. Meh. Yeah. That, no, we're talking. We're talking. Uh, radio. Not radios. The fucking uh bias plies. Not competitions. I will say but- that, that one from two thousand eight ran down the road fine with some thirty sevens next to it. <laughs> it had no problem. It was still. Smooth ride. Hey, if you run a 36 at 30 PSI and 37s at like 10, it's about the same. Yeah. <laughs> no shot. You can get them from Walmart for 716 and a 42 14 wide 17. You got a 42 I rock for a competition 42 for 700 bucks. Yep. From Walmart. Yep. I love freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I 
not that bad <laughs> price for a sticky IROC either. It isn't, but it's still, <laughs> it's still not good IROC. enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's still an IROC, and it's not cheap enough to make me buy that over an SX. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, SXs are like eight fifty nine a tire, but right. Um, the reason yeah, but we know true. they'll work. I've yeah, well, you seen can use IROC that extra couple to... hundred. Sorry, Luke. I keep we keep cutting you off. You can cup, take those extra couple hundred dollar bills and use them as traction for your IROX, right? Just yeah. slide those under, and it'll know it's time to time to work. One friend of mine, he was running. I think they were thirty nine and a half IROX with weld on bead locks, and if he put them under eighteen psi, they would just blow right off the bead. No question every time <laughs> whoa so which it was flex no not at all they were, <laughs> you can almost see the air in them they were so dry rotted <laughs> and um it was on a heavy ass xj it was two by eight quarter wall rockers with quarter inch plate both sides and just anywhere you could add weight it had it and like it had eighth inch plate for the floors. It, it was bad. He had bought it like that and sold it shortly after. <laughs> that sounds hideous. It was awful. I I really wish we would have weighed it because it was probably every bit of seven thousand pounds. Wow. That that well, sounds truly terrible. Yeah. It was wow. just a total piece of shit. But the reason that I was saying that the IROX aren't that bad is that when they're newer, because I've seen a couple of newer sets out there, they perform slightly better than, like, uh, Tyler Herlock ran them, for example, in a 42 on his Truggy, and flipped around backwards. He was able to run blacks and reds without that large of an issue. Um... It, I'm not saying that they're the greatest tire out there, but they're a decent average. They're definitely not the worst. I just love to talk shit on them. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Understandable, for sure. And like I said, this with uh, with uh, Skunk Ape, that was just the freak of nature rig that they worked amazing on. There's always the one and, rig that has IROX that does well. It's unacceptable. Yeah. I know it... like. We've seen that before as well. Yeah, and it, you know, normally it's the shitbox Yoda on 37s that just walked everything. See, we don't get many Yodas. Genuinely, I don't think we've wheeled with very many, so it's kind of upsetting that we don't have stories like that. Like, we mostly wheel with Cherokee shitboxes, so we don't get the... And a Bronco, right. you know, a shitty Bronco too. We can't forget <laughs> about him. Right. Um, but... But so, okay, so why the fuck is it named Ship 8 Box thing? What? It was Skunk Gate. Yep. Um, the guy he bought it off of was some, like, out of his two-car garage off-road fab dude from, like, Central PA. And his shop name was Skunk Ape Fab. So the that fuck? was every gusset, every piece of like bumper tube everything anywhere he could put skunk ape fab on this tj it's oh it. man yeah that nickname is uh 
it was just destined to be yeah so the rig and it was like a sasquatch and it said skunk ape fab and (laughs) (laughs) but so it, it was just you know naturally we called it skunk and um it it just worked so well it was stupid he he's still uh regretting selling it because he got his comanche together and it hasn't ran right since it got together so sounds about right sounds about like most rigs right well and he's running a 5.3 and he has put every sensor on it gone through the whole wiring harness injectors fuel rail ignition coil plugs wires everything you can imagine on this motor it compression tested good and it still it'll run amazing off the first cold start of the day 10 minutes later it won't stay running if you touch the throttle what the Sam, fuck? It sounds like you need to just junk that LS and put a new one in because that seems to always be the fix for LS problems. They generally a buddy of ours up. has a propane 4.0 sitting in his shed. He's ready to drop that in it just to get wheeling. I'd do it. It sounds that's funny. that's what he's thinking. Just it's a propane 4.0 and an AW4 with an Azzy shifter and um, or not Azzy uh, Rad Designs. Yeah, the little uh, flip shifter. Yeah, and he's probably... I think he, he was ringing out every single wire on the harness tonight, and if he couldn't find any bad wiring again, because this is the second time having the harness off the motor, checking it, he's just going to yank the LS. It's probably as simple as like a mass airflow or something like that, because... They, like. It sounds like it's heat soaking something, but unless it's a shitty like stuck injector, which would not, I mean, I guess if it's a cold start, it would ask for more fuel, but I don't know. I mean, there's so many variables that it could be. I doubt it's wiring though. None of that sounds like wiring. Right. And like, he's even put brand new injectors in it, not even remands. So (laughs) like he has thrown a lot of money at this motor just for and, not work yeah yeah it it is oh. such a pain in the ass it's pissing all of us is off. there is there a uh not relay but i'm trying to think of like unless there's like some some mechanism i don't know again i haven't played with like uh wiring to fuel cells but is there a mechanism that limits the amount of power because like let's say it's just getting no, that sounds like much- honestly it sounds like uh either yeah either not enough fuel or bad air fuel ratio once it's is it loop. is it popping and banging when he's trying to get on gas, or is it uh, just flooding out? Um, I think it started to pop and backfire, uh, and then it, then it was like cough and die. Yeah, it, it, it was out. Yeah, and uh, we pulled. We what, pulled does he, does he have a fuel pump? Uh, what kind of fuel yeah. pump does he have? Of course, he has a fuel pump. Duh. Uh, <laughs> I knew uh, what you meant. He yeah, has so some sort of. If he has some sort of inline. Pump, yeah, if it's an inline fuel pump and he hasn't checked on that and it runs fine in the beginning of the day or first cold start and then doesn't run later, we just finished up a Bronco, uh, me and my buddy at the shop that I work at, and it was having a very similar thing. The thing would run great, would run great. He'd sit there, let it idle, it'd be amazing. Uh, he'd take it out for a drive, and all of a sudden, it wouldn't run. You step on the gas, and it would just die. 
Same, basically uh-huh. the same symptoms. You want to know what it was? Huh? RTV in the brand new fuel tank. Really? Brand new lines, brand new fuel tank, brand new pump. And there was like fucking six inch worms of RTV coming out of the pump. Like the pump had, and with, I mean, if he, he had the filters off to sort of see if the filters were clogged or something was going on and it was sucking this RTV into the pump. So his pump might have something stuck in it or his uh, well, tanks got shit he- He's running the inline pump. He's running is off of a. I think it's a Bronco or a Bronco Two. Oh, and um, so so to get really uh, quickly into this, um, Dwight Taggart had a issue using the Ford inline pump, and he ended up swapping over to a Walboro. Uh, I think two fifty five because okay. of that. And it was that the PSI was correct, but not enough gallons per minute to supply the OS. So Wow, that was just a total light bulb moment because we've had three or four guys in our group all use this pump with the same LS setup, and they have all had issues. So that would actually make a lot of sense. But we still have two guys in our group right now running the pump, and it runs fine. So, on his rig, he said it would run fine for a little while, but then it would start stumbling over itself, and it would only clear up around rev limiter. <laughs> uh, well, his rig lives at rev limiter, so why was that a problem? <laughs> exactly. Listen, man, I'm just telling you what he said. I'm not the smartest guy here, but... Um, we were talking about it at AOP, and he had brought that up, and it's possible that they are running a different tune where it's running a little bit less, um, or a little bit more efficiently, but, you know, he said he swapped over to the Walbro 255, uh, Brad Prater and Bart Prater also, I believe, run the same pump, as do, um, Casey had one of the fuel pumps fail as well, and he swapped that at the meet and beat to the, I think, Walbro 255. Okay. Yeah, I'll have, to let him, I'll have to let him know about that. I'm just gonna put in the messages on here, Wal- or yeah, Walbro 255, you said? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's a Walbro 255. Um, they're okay. not the cheapest inline pump, but they're not all that expensive. Okay. And, um... You know, while we're on the note of talking about fuel cells and inline pumps, <laughs> oh, that's God. the route that I'm going. Because um, I was talking with a... I forget who I was talking with, but someone suggested just gutting the stock system and making it into basically a direct feed, tap the top, and just run a feed line down through the stock sending unit. So that made sense to me. Should stop my issues next time that happens without changing the cell. Now, with his setup, it runs perfectly fine. Like, runs like a rape date, no problems, bunch of power when it's cold. Yeah. So Uh, then... So, this is going to be another stupid question, but is his fuel line wrapped? I doubt it. Okay. 
So I, I think the takeaway here is definitely check the fuel system. It sounds like yeah. something's getting clogged, whether it be the pickup or the pump or the pump isn't powerful enough. That seems right. to be the what it I mean, based on Yeah. Uh and that's the one thing he hasn't put a bunch of attention into because we made sure the injectors were working. He did new injectors, new fuel rail, and then the new pump. And then after that, we're like, well, shit, what else is there in a fuel system? So then he moved <laughs> to sensors and electrical. So. Yeah, that stuff's, when the, when it runs fine sometimes and doesn't other times, that's brutal. That's when things get frustrating. Yeah, and he's even, he's put it in the open loop and unplugged the, I forget what sensor to unplug to put it in the speed density. Speed density, is it math? The mass airflow? I, but anyway, he's put it, yeah, so he's done all of that where it's open loop, speed density, trying to take as many sensors out of the equation as possible, and it's still doing it. So that would totally make sense with fuel pump. Wait, crazy question. What is this in again? Um, uh, Comanche. Okay, so does he have a Speedo? I wonder, Graham, if he's having an issue like you no, had. No, I, I mean, if he... No? I wouldn't think so. He so has... He's probably not using the factory computer. And I don't know if the no. 89s or those have a, you know, a, a fuel cutoff. My, I had an issue with a GPS Speedo I used in my Jeep. Uh, I still want to wire it in. I think it was just... It was um, it was cutting power, and it would, it would reset. And when it would reset, it would go to 100... It would think it was going 120 miles an hour, and it spliced into the factory computer. So the computer reads that and goes... Uh, no, 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 and cuts fuel. <laughs> yeah, so he's running, it's a 534L60 Eco205, and he has the advanced adapters, VSS housing, so the 4L60 shifts, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's not, that wouldn't be a, I wouldn't think that right. would be a factor. And then for his gauges, he's just running like a OBD2 Bluetooth thing. So... To like his phone. Yeah, and I don't think they were smart none of that to cut fuel like that. Maybe they were, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that would be it. Yeah, and it's just... like an. And then the five three is the like a cut up factory harness into a standalone, and the factory computer, like the Chevy computer, black to take like the downstream O2s, the security, like the bare minimum yeah. to make it run. And the guy that did his harness does them all the time. Bunch of race cars. Like, you know, he knows what he's doing with the harness. So other than a burn-up wire, we didn't think that would be the issue. Yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to come up with something else. I'm just thinking of everything, my brain's kind of going in circles now thinking about it. So exactly where we're at, it's it is the weirdest thing, and he's thrown like every part at it. But like you guys were saying, that pump being the right PSI but not enough volume would make sense, especially since it's leaning out and dying. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe when it's cold, the pump is keeping up, but once it's running for a few the pump heats up and dots. Yep. That's what I was kind of getting in the beginning, but I had a weird round. Yeah. Like trying to get to it. <laughs> yeah. That would totally make sense when we're done. I'm going to have to give him a call because that would <laughs> definitely make sense. And he's ready to set it on fire or sell it. So 
Well, if his <laughs> pump's not working, then the fire might be a little difficult to get going. So. Yeah, he need a gas can. Oh. <laughs> Gravity fed that fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I mean, I think we've covered a decent bit. Anybody else got anything to throw in here? Do you have any questions for us? Ooh. Um... Not really. We've kind of talked about where you guys are going to be wheeling and everything. I'd definitely like to meet up with y'all at some point. I hey. think that'd be a good time. You know what? We didn't talk about Good Evening Ranch. Yeah, we yes, did. we did. Holy we did a little bit. Where, where were you? He probably <laughs> fixed, rolled his windows up. That might have been when he... Yeah, I think that's when that happened. Oh, right. shit. My Oof. bad. Never mind. I'm... <laughs> so Whether it's Good Evening Ranch or uh, Roush or AA, AOAA... One of those places. Hey, hey, sure we'll with you. <laughs> and uh, even if you guys want to come down to Wellsville at some point, it we could definitely make a weekend out of it. And hey. I'm a I'm a little bit closer than good evening for you, so Hey, I'm well, I guess, that sounds like a good time to me. Right. I guess Luke is in Tennessee, right? So yeah, I'm a little bit him. farther for him, but he'll probably make up some excuse like work won't let him stop making batteries for a minute or something and <laughs> if he leaves the world will be without batteries for a whole entire <laughs> month so i mean know, he's, the double a is can wait <laughs> we have shortages on everything else fuck them exactly <laughs> everybody's going to lithium ion anyways they don't need your stupid nickel cadmium bullshit <laughs> single use <laughs> That's right. funny. I'm not well, already on that anymore. <laughs> where where can people find you on social media so they can check out the sweet KJ? Um, probably Instagram or Facebook. Instagram probably best. Uh, my Instagram is a underscore Carnes C A I R N S 2019. Um, I'm not very active on there, but I post when I can. Um, I actually need to get a lot better about that, especially when I start wheeling more. It's hard to get pictures of my shit when I'm the one driving it. Yep. Yeah, I feel that because I'm always the one with the camera and I never have pictures of myself out. <laughs> I always have pictures yeah. of everybody else. It's fucked. <laughs> exactly. And like no one else in my group likes to take oh, pictures. Oh, yeah, nobody does. It's always, I always come back and it's got like, I've got like five pictures. It's either us in the parking lot or like one person right. doing something dumb. And it's like, okay, cool. So we'd have no evidence that any of this ever happened. Sweet. Yeah, like. <laughs> For, for the shakedown run of the Liberty, um, I think I have two pictures and a video of the aftermath of a tree. <laughs> and um, we had to do some winch bodywork on the front door and B-pillar. <laughs> I, um, I leaned it over into a tree pretty good, and it flattened the door <laughs> and the B-pillar in past the cage. So, oh, shit. Yeah, oh yeah, I was, uh, taking pictures of that. <laughs> well, I took a couple pictures, a video, and the funny thing is, I didn't have the back door on it yet. I ran it no, no tailgate, no back doors for the shakedown run because I just didn't care. Didn't have time because with the boat sides, everything needed cut. So, mm -hmm. I um, I leaned it over into this tree on the front door and just kind of drove through it, and then realized that if I kept driving, I was just going to totally cave in what was left of the quarter and there was never going to be a chance of getting the back door on it. Oh, shit. So then I had to back out of it, crush the door even more, and crush the fender a good bit, ripped my antenna off, 
That was the thing I was the most upset about was ripping the antenna out. Since <laughs> <laughs> then, I didn't have a radio. You can't listen to tunes, right? Bluetooth. <laughs> no, I don't even DJ have speakers ever. in it right now. Oh. I like, <laughs> so. Well, on that, well, on that note, thank you everybody for listening. Please go check them out on social media, and if you can, go follow us on Instagram. And if you're on, well, no, if you're listening here, then fuck yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, if you can, leave us a review. We always appreciate that. And on that note. Keep your tunes fucking jamming and the Patagonia's in the trash. Have a good night.